You're listening to this edition of 88.9 The Pulse WQSU Sports Podcast. Hello and welcome back to our weekly SU Sports Corner podcast. I am Josh. Joy McCallan. Great show coming up ahead. We're going to get into some of the NBA rumor mill action, including a significant move made by the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll get into that. Somebody coming to the city of brotherly love. There was a rumor that they were going to go after another guard, but I think that looks highly unlikely after we talk about the move that went on. Then we will get into what does it mean for John Wall and where are places he could go with the failing Washington Wizards Wizards team that he is on. We're going to get into is Philadelphia the team to beat. I think that's a fair question to ask and the least in the East. And some other reactions going on throughout the National Basketball Association. Then we'll get into some of Sunday's NFL games, including... It was a pretty bad week overall, and I think it doesn't take a bright guy to say that. You uh, said it, so it's pretty... That, that's said it yourself. You're the one who said it, so yeah. Hey, it doesn't b- take too many, the brain, too many. again, I always emphasize, the, the big brain always speaks and speaks knowledge. It speaks wisdom to the people. And lastly, we will get into... Some early reactions from the college basketball season. The world's going crazy over Zion Williamson out of Duke. I was down there over the summer, and he was just an electric player that everybody was talking about down in Raleigh and in Durham. So the first thing we'll get into, what I alluded to earlier, Jimmy Butler is heading to the city of brotherly love, joining the Philadelphia 76ers, the Sixers, Gave up a 2020 second round pick. They gave up Dario Saric, and they gave up Robert Covington. Got two. Both guys are guys that come off the bench. They're not real starters. And what Philadelphia was able to do by completing and making this trade is securing them easily the best big three in the Eastern Conference with Joel Embiid when he stays healthy, Ben Simmons who is really a franchise player. And now you're going to have Jimmy Butler playing most likely the two where, so the great thing is they're really one guard away and it's Markel Fultz that people are saying it's going to be that guard to be. But remember, they got J.J. Redick shooting from three. I think they need a four, truly. I think they're really, and that's something that they use Dario for. And so I do think, though, that I will say here right now, Philadelphia is, in fact, the team to beat in the East by completing and doing that trade. And I would not be surprised if Philadelphia tries to make an effort to get a number four or eight, kind of play the power forward. And I think that they're a team easily, it's going to be a Boston versus, it's probably going to be a Boston versus Philadelphia or probably like Toronto versus Philadelphia series. I I think Philadelphia clearly won that trade. They did not give up too much. Darius Sarge is a good player, but he's not. And same with Covington. They're both decent players, but you think about what Minnesota could have gotten for Butler. They could have gotten more. There's a rumor that Houston offered four first-round picks for Butler. So you you wonder why it took them this, and then that made them finally decide, you know what, we need to make this move. We know he was unhappy in Minnesota and that a move was going to happen. It just came out of nowhere that day. But I don't think this move makes the Sixers the favorite. 
because we haven't seen them when they're all fully healthy. Joel Embiid's playing at an MVP, an MVP level so far. There's no denying that. He has 28 points, 12 rebounds, playing an unbelievable five for the Sixers, and has been one of the best players in the NBA all season. And Ben Simmons has that potential to be in that conversation. He was the former number one overall pick, all that good stuff. But when have we seen them all on the floor healthy together? It's almost a guarantee that Simmons and Embiid are both going to miss time this season. And I know that it, you mentioned that it's the big three. It puts them as one of the best big threes in the East. You say it's the best. I think it's up there. It may even be the best. I think Boston can compete with Harford, Irving, Gordon Hayward. I think it's a very good big three in Boston. And that's why I still think Boston is the favorite in the East. Philadelphia's going to be good. I think this secured them a spot to have, obviously, a home field advantage in the first round. Maybe even the two. I think they're more likely in a three or four. I really like Toronto this year. The trade to get Kawhi Leonard was incredible, and that put them near the top to compete with Boston. And now Philadelphia's in that conversation. I just can't put them at the favorite yet. When two players need to rely on Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have not yet played a full season in the NBA and have been so injury-prone early in their careers that you never know. Something easily could happen. And you could say that for every team that a team has injuries, but they, in one year, they haven't really yet until this season, been on the court together at the same time. Now they're getting it. We're seeing what they could do. But they're so injury-prone that it would not shock me if even by next week we're coming on this podcast recording another episode and something happened to ruin that big three. So I can't rely on them yet. I'll easily eat my words on that if it comes true and they're able to stay healthy for a full season. I just can't expect it yet because we haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I can't put them as a favorite yet. And just to clarify a little bit, so Ben Simmons played 81 games last year, so it's almost a complete season and during the regular season. I okay, want to yeah, mention not, not Simmons. I meant, it's yeah, more. I know, like, I it's more of Embiid. So Embiid last season played 63 games during the regular season, which again, 82 game season. So I understand what you're saying, but they also like would hold him out on the back to back games. I don't think it was all on him a lot of the time. I think they were worrying that he would get injured if he played back to backs. So in, if you look it up, all, almost all the games that he missed were on the back-to-backs. So th- I just wanted to mention that. I think it's going to be interesting what's going to happen with the Sixers' starting lineup. If, if, if I were Brett Brown coaching this team, I would probably think that they're going to go with Fultz at the 1, Redick at 2, Butler at, the, uh, at uh, small forward, go with Ben Simmons at the playing the 4, and then Embiid at the five is probably if if I were running them, I'd, that's probably where I would be looking. Uh, but besides that, I'm gonna be interested to see what ends up happening in Philadelphia next. John Wall is a part of a Washington Wizards team that is it's very historic because as of right now, they're putting up gen, uh, they, right now they're averaging 120 points per game uh, scored on them per game. They're only putting up 110, which is crazy to think about. They're not really playing much defense at all. People are talking about, is it going to be a fire sale of what they're going to try to get rid of, let's say, a guy like John Wall or a Bradley Beal? Are they going to start unloading these pieces because now they're sitting at a 3-9 and nine record and they're lucky that the Cleveland Cavaliers are a dumpster fire. They're 1-11 right now. They're a team that's lost 5 in a row. They fired Tyron Lue. They're a team that has no identity, and they are really just not. Uh, the guy Saxton they drafted, the people are saying, Colin Saxton, they're saying is not very good. The veterans are speaking out against the team. 
So that's just one other aspect to look, to look at and to think about. Currently, again, the Sixers are eight and six. The Toronto Raptors are twelve and one right now, cruising steadily seven and zero at home. They've won six in a row. And that's just focusing a little bit on the East. We'll look a little bit out West, Golden State. Most people say are the favorite to win it all. Again, three-peating, going 11-2. Uh, and two. They're at right now. They are just are just picked up a win after they lost a couple uh, two in a row. But they are starting to piece it all together. Uh, the next thing, a lot of people are talking about a favorite. Which I liked coming into the season with the Denver Nuggets. Nutwood Jokic is a guy who really can play, stretches the floor. And the one, or I'll give you two other things to look, and then I'll let you go on. The first thing I would like to talk about, the L.A. Lakers. The Lakers now with LeBron and the cast of rejects that he's got. Which And we've, we've talked about this off the air. How if you had to take a, a bunch of random players, I mean truly blameable guys from every team in the NBA, you'd definitely put Michael Beasley up there. You'd put JaVale McGee on this team. You put Lance Stevenson on the team. You put JaVale, uh, I said JaVale McGee. Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo. Like, are you joking? Like, you're really, he's, all he needs is J.R. Smith, and he genuinely can bl- have the most blameable team. Carmelo Anthony is close to getting cut from the Rockets. There's rumors yeah. about it. We'll see what happens in the coming days. Would it shock you if the Lakers pick up the phone and bring Absolutely Carmelo Anthony over? That just sounds like when the Lakers <laughs> Ron yeah. would want to get his friend over to L.A., and it would not shock <laughs> me if in a few days, next week we're recording the show and Carmelo Anthony is oh. wearing the purple and gold. Absolutely. Oh, and then the last thing I was going to talk about, the Houston Rockets, a team that went to the what the Western Conference Finals last year, 4-7 and seven right now, and Carmelo Anthony, who was their big addition, thinking that that's the final piece that they need with the, with the analytics. You know, they were talking about how, you know what's cool about the – I'm not going to try to bore everybody, but do you know that you don't need to try to do that? Oh, I can bore I can bore myself half the time, but that's why you got to be able to be entertaining to yourself. Again, I do, I'm like a one man audience. I can just sit there and just make myself laugh, and I think I'm funny. Which, if I find myself funny and interesting, that's just a, a point on the scoreboard for me. But the thing, funny part is, they just you know they're statistically a team that shoots the more threes than anybody in the NBA can, like astronomically high, right? The Houston Rockets, right? So here's what they do. They realize that you have like a 12.5% more likely making a corner three than any other type of three-pointer. So you know the team that shoots the most threes from the corner by, like again, it's not even close. I'm going to guess Houston because yep. you're going on this rant about it. Smart guy, right? And they realize who's a nice three-point shooter that's not gathering as much of a high of a contract. Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony a name who they went out, they brought him in, and yeah, not yeah, not it's not so hot. Are is Houston still your second to no. Golden State? Are they no. now a team that can compete close? Because no. that's what we all thought, kind of going into the season. Are they still the next team up in the Western Conference, or is someone else jumped ahead, possibly a San Antonio or a maybe an upstart team like you said, Denver? Or even someone like the Portland Trailblazers who have gotten off to a pretty good start this season. I like Portland a lot. Um, I think they're a team. They what? They got Damian Lillard. They got CJ McCollum. Who I love. You know why I love CJ McCollum? Very random. I'm gonna explain. Did you see what he does on Twitter with Kevin Durant? He just trolls Kevin oh, Durant I now. Saw that. That, that is some of the funniest things. <laughs> watching when athletes go after each other on Twitter. 
if it gets out of hand, it's a little bit the little trolls back and forth. I think it's, it's highly entertaining. Oh, NBA Twitter at times. NBA Twitter is a wild place. Like when Jimmy Butler was like just dropping haymakers on like, oh, I'm not gonna. He just shows up, does a press conference, plays with the third team players that none of them are currently on the roster, beats the first, and said. You, this is why you need me, and walks away while yelling that at the team owner. It's a wild move, and NBA Twitter went crazy. Yeah. There's a list of, we could go on and on about this stuff with D. Wade and the rumor mill about why Jimmy Butler wanted out, what happened with Carl Anthony Towns. There's NBA Twitter, like, once a week when you get caught up. Yep. It's a wild place to be in. Yep, yep, I completely agree. You were, well, I guess we'll get, I'll yeah. kind of steer, steer yeah. the show back on track. I feel like that's something I do often. <laughs> uh, for me... We talk about some of the teams out west. One team that's really kind of coming in the second. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from the San Antonio Spurs. You can never count out a Greg Popovich coach team. And they got rid of Kawhi Leonard, which is a big deal. But they brought in DeMar DeRozan. And he's averaging 25 points per game right now with close to seven rebounds and six assists. That's very solid numbers, obviously. And you pair that off from Marcus Aldridge, who has 19 points and 10 rebounds per game. It's a good one-two combo out in San Antonio. You can never count out a, obviously, a Greg Popovich coach team. You had the former duo of Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and you're starting to see now a whole new cast of characters with DeRozan and, and Aldridge leading the core. And I'm really liking how they're looking right now. You mentioned Portland is another team that has, if they've got a sort of solid 9-3 yeah. start, Damian Lillard is playing out of his mind. He's having a great start to the season, averaging close to 27 points per game. That's just another team. I just don't know how who can compete with Golden State. That's just, right now, there's no team really that's standing out, which is why I still have in my mind that Houston will obviously turn things around, just because that's what we thought coming into this year and the drama of Carmel Anthony's taking that away, but I think once they get back on track, they'll be a very dangerous team, but Right now in the Western Conference, it's Golden State at one, <laughs> and everybody else like a tier or two below them. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy how much better Golden State looks than every other team in the West right now. Oh, it's not even close. And to prove my, uh, prove your point, my point, everybody's point is you look at again. You look at the um, the entire conf- their, their entire conference and the standings for them. Again, the the worst team in uh, the one division is with Sacramento, with Golden State, with the Trailblazers, the Nuggets, with all these different teams, right? The worst team is seven and six, and that's the Kings. The Kings are no longer a joke. They're a team that, if I'm not mistaken, is what like Mo Bamba or somebody. They brought somebody in who uh, they used their. Oh, they brought Bagley. Bagley's their guy. They went with. Yeah, Mobamba, Bagley, same. Right. They were both Duke guys, if you remember. Mm, yeah, true. Bagley and they're both guys who I liked coming out of the draft. I believe if my memory is correct, which I could be wrong since I messed it up once already. Didn't like Mobamba, I think, go to like the Magic or he went to I don't know. I got. We'll figure this out in a little bit, but. Um, I just you'll realize that certain teams are no longer a joke. Mobamba, I am right, went to the Magic. Oh, but okay, so staying back on topic, that the fact of the matter is that I don't think te- certain teams like you look at what Luka Doncic is doing right now mm-hmm. with Dallas. That's uh, right now he's been flourishing. He's scoring twenty points a game. 
Uh, you look at that the Magic are five and seven. They're not a great team, but they're they're starting to battle back. They're coming more legit. Um, you also look at again Sacramento. If if it ended today, Sacramento's in the playoffs, seven and six, hanging in there. The uh, Thunder, the seven seed Clippers, early on are six. The Grizzlies are a five. The Grizzlies, a team that is very very young. Again, we mentioned. Uh, then Sacramento, uh, San Antonio is the four. Denver's the three, Portland's the two, Golden State's the one. Um, does that shock you right now? Obviously, it shocks me right now that Houston's not in the playoffs. It shocks me a little bit that New Orleans is in the playoffs. They're a team that I kind of like coming this year, led by Anthony Davis. Although, now there's a talk about where will he go after this season. So that's something to keep New an York. eye on. New York, possibly. I think that Boston could be yeah. somewhere they try and recruit him. You never know if the Lakers, they try and get a big splash and bring him in. So that's just something else to keep an eye on. But right now it stands out to me is that Houston is out. And I said it before, but I think they'll turn things around. And when you look at the Eastern Conference, they have certain teams like the Wizards who are sitting out, who everyone liked coming into this, into this year. And then you have the uh, Magic kind of on the brink, the Heat, who I think have one last possible run into them to compete in like a lower level seed in Dwayne Wade's final year. So that's just something to the teams that have, and then the big shocker, Cleveland's one in 11 and we know they lost LeBron James and probably weren't going to be that good of a team this year, but one in 11 and have fired Tyron Lue. That was a big shocker this early in this year. Were you at all surprised by this move or kind of saw it coming? Oh, I absolutely was surprised. And especially the fact of, how many uh, NBA Finals was he just in? Like four years in a row? Yeah, four Yeah, four years in a row. I think it's a, a very gross overreaction when you factor in that you don't have no longer, you don't have Kyrie Irving, you don't have LeBron James, and you're a team that really lacks an identity. You have Kevin Love just, just doing that's really much it, and you're relying on J.R. Smith to act competent. And even <laughs> you look at... Which, again, this guy can't get out of his own way. That's a lot that's, to rely on. Yeah, that's like asking me to, like, take the SAT for you. Like, uh, it's just never, not happening. Ne- never do that. <laughs> Don't ever ask that of him. Big words. Again, I think the dictionary, it would be in full effect. I think um, we got to get you a uh, word of the day calendar. I think See we if should. you can incorporate a... We should some play random game. words into the, the I think show. We should, so. Yeah, again, like you could. I think people could tweet us like any word, or we can get you or somebody to yeah, just get us a word. Complex word, yeah. which I guarantee you, if you didn't have the pronunciation, oh, you would miss, it would take you five times to try and pronounce <laughs> some of these words. You're absolutely right. And doing the sports games here, I like doing public address. I realize I'm so bad with names; it's unbelievable. It's it's a shame that. You know, we're, we do a show where we have to <laughs> talk about pronounce it. people's names and pronounce words right. Oh, yeah. Again, I think the talking is just a great, a great, great thing. Uh, but we're a little off track. Oh, very <laughs> flying off the round. Um, you look at this roster for the Cavs, it's a very weird list. You got uh, Jordan Clarkson, Rodney Hood, George Hill, Colin Saxton, uh, C.D. Usman, uh, Tristan Thompson, Larry Nance Jr. You just have, like, the rejects of, like, the Lakers when they were, like, horrible. And it's like, this is their entire roster. You wonder why they got one win. And if I'm them, I just trade away Kevin Love soon. It's like, why am I holding on to Kevin Love? You might as well when you're a 1-11 and you just fired Lou. It's kind of mailing the season. Like, we need to make a change. And I guess your best way to get this change is 
start all over. Trade Love, get some probably a first, easily a first round pick for him. Yeah, maybe another pick too, and it might be their best way to move things over. And I think that's might be the right thing to do for if you're uh, Cleveland right now. He could be an interesting guy in Philly. Yeah, he nobody could. talks that, about that. No, it, it's something because you didn't think in you know, this year that the Cleveland Cavaliers would consider trading Kevin Love just because of the expectations they had yeah. and having four straight NBA Finals. No one really talked about they're going to go one and eleven this year. You can't predict that for any team, even the old 76ers when they were brutal. Oh, no, Hanky, our guy. Yeah, that might be the one team that we predicted would go one and eleven. But anyway, yeah. So I think that is one thing that. To keep an eye on that, we hadn't thought of is Kevin Love being possibly on the move. I think we both agree that he should. Will yep. they do it? Who knows? Yeah, I'm just trying to think of other rosters that he could be an interesting, an interesting fit. Uh, even a team like Indiana, if they're going, if they're going mm-hmm. to stay in the East, they're a guy, they're a team that could definitely use uh, another big man to kind of stretch the floor a little bit. Um. But yeah, that's, I think that's almost all we're going to talk about with the NBA. Um, next, we will jump into our some of the NFL games this week because it, I wish I, I was like about to like give you guys some false narrative that like it was a great week for the NFL. It was really not a good week for the NFL. If this week kind of stood out was the good teams prove why they're good <laughs> and the bad teams prove that. Yeah, they're not so bad. Oh, 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 there's one bad team who made oh, another bad team go. look a lot bad. So I'm sure. I don't know if it, knowing you, you may just want to skip all over this game. No, or you may I, want I, to go I'll on a, about a ten minute rant about it. So we'll, let's see where this show takes us. I'm gonna see. I think I'm gonna take the over. Uh, I'm gonna take the under of like two and a half minutes. Taking the under. Right. So Matt Barkley, a guy who has not been in the league for two years, right? Gets signed by Buffalo. Buffalo, let's let's do like a little recap of what's yeah, going on so, in Buffalo. So I guess we're starting off Buffalo Bills against the New York Jets. Yes, let's get I think, out of the way right yeah. now. Two and seven, right? This is their fourth starting quarterback in three weeks. Let's just factor that into the equation, okay? Matt Barkley, again, has not started or been on a roster in two years. This guy comes in to MetLife Stadium, goes 15 of 25 for 232 passing yards and two touchdowns. LaShawn McCoy, a guy who I generally forgot was playing this entire season. Again, somebody watches a good amount of football. I had no idea that he's been playing this entire season. 26 carries for 113 rushing yards and two touchdowns. First two rushing touchdowns of the year, but keep going. Oh, no, thank you. Um, and the Jets get absolutely romped. By the Bills, forty-one to ten at home. That is embarrassing. The New York Jets and Todd Bowles should be embarrassed. That little mime of Todd Bowles should be embarrassed. I think he's a mime because you always see him. He's never talking. He doesn't move. He doesn't. He's not like the chewer in Seattle with the gum, which we were watching. The guy I couldn't focus on the game. Even in the middle of the play, they're showing Pete Carroll, and I couldn't even watch the play. I'm watching Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll just keep chewing. Um. The fact that just the Jets are this bad, and I thought genuinely the Jets starting Josh McCown would be like a blessing in disguise for Sam Darnold. I cannot believe that I'm saying that it was actually not like a blessing in disguise. Yeah, if Todd Bowles' seat, he was on probably on the hot seat, and they gave him the contract extension, so you didn't know what to expect from that. If that hot seat isn't at a 10 at 100 degrees and he is jumping up and down because he cannot sit down, if that seat is not that hot where he can't sit down, the Jets are doing something wrong. Yep. 
you mentioned it, and I'm not going to go into that rant because you're more your territory, Thank but you. you said it was an embarrassment. It is an embarrassment. Todd Bowles should not be the head coach of the New York Jets anymore. And that was brutal. And I obviously give some credit to Buffalo. They came they in stink. and <laughs> dominated the Jets, which is not a hard thing to do, but good for them and good for Matt Barkley for taking the starting job away from Nathan Peterman, something that Oof. one of us two could probably do if we win the Buffalo right oh, now. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, if, if Buffalo, I'm going to put this out there. I don't know if they're listening. If they are, kudos for the, for this one. I might not be on with you next week, but Buffalo, in all seriousness, I can surely tell you I would take one-tenth of what Nate Peterman is doing, well, what he's making, and I'm sure there's no way I can do any worse. Than I, I was a pretty good backyard quarterback. Ask some of my friends. I was. Oh, I wasn't great, but I could do better. I I could probably I could do maybe better. Than oh, better. I, can, I was a good uh, backyard quarterback. Oh, I can let it. I can let it fly too. I'm like a little like like gunslinger and Brett Favre in action. Like I can let it rip. I, and here's the same thing. Peterman's the same way. Same deal with him. Sure. So you know what? If they're worried about their salary cap, which I'm sure they are. Me sitting here at WQSU, you can tweet at us, Buffalo, you or call up the station. You can get me out of class. I wouldn't mind it. Really? You wouldn't mind getting out of class? That's so unlike you. <laughs> I, I, if I tell you the things that I've done to get out of class, going to random speakers that I was not very interested in hearing speak, whether if it is – I've – if I find a way I can get out of class, I genuinely take it. And half the time, it won't even be for my own class. If I hear that there's, like, an interesting speaker or, like, the sun came out and, like, like the kids are out of class for it, I would totally just leave class and say I got to go look at the sun. So, um, I was really hoping to see the USC versus USC matchup between Matt Barkley and uh, Sam Darnold. Very interesting. All you would need is, like, Mark Sanchez on Buffalo, and we just have a very exciting time. Um, but so we're now that we're gonna stay on track a little yeah, bit. I think that game we can skip yeah. over. It's two, three, and seven teams who we know where they are. They're both waiting for their rookie quarterbacks to be to back. Come back, yeah. Um, story about what happened on Thursday night. Pittsburgh won fifty-two to twenty-one. Ben Roethlisberger twenty-two to twenty-five for three twenty-eight and five touchdowns. That's kind of impressive. I'm a, I'm an idiot. I took the under, and the under was fifty. And I was like, there's no way that this is going to go to over 50. There's no way. And I was out doing a couple of things. And I looked at my phone, and I saw that Pittsburgh put up 52 by themselves. Pittsburgh Steelers are back. Yeah. They're back in that conversation with the elite AFC team. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to put them at the level of Kansas City or New England yet even. But they're locked in at that number three, and none of those other teams are as close. They have looked great on defense lately, and James Conner has been incredible. At running back, and now there's reports that Le'Veon Bell may not report at all. <sighs> and you know what I say to that? Good riddance. We don't need you. We don't need Le'Veon Bell. James Conner's been a great running back. Ben Roethlisberger has been on fire. Five touchdowns pass. pass that's incredible. So, Le'Veon, go ahead. Go work on your rap game. Go back to Miami. Go the on clubs. Some, yeah, the go boat. to the clubs. Go on he the could boat. join the boat, the banana boat with Odell. Go, go do that. We, we, you, you're not needed in Pittsburgh anymore. Um, those shenanigans are over. I'm glad Tuesday will finally get a rest of us because I'm tired of every time I <laughs> come on look. Here. I go on this radio. We're talking about <laughs> the latest Relevian story. I'm tired of looking at my phone and hearing a tweet like, "Oh, he could report." Oh, wait, he didn't. Oh, wait, he could report this week. Oh, he didn't. It's just an ever-ending cycle. But Pittsburgh—that was a statement win against a good Carolina Panthers team, 
and look out AFC. The Steelers have been clicking lately, and I've been waiting to say this just because it could come back to bite me. But right now, they have a tough schedule the rest of the season, but they can compete with that tough schedule. It has been fun to watch, and they're clicking on all cylinders right now. So they'll be a dangerous team throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're an interesting team. Um, I still think, even after the disaster that New England was today, I would um, say that they're still up there. But yeah. so here's here's we'll do we'll so so now we're gonna dive into some of Sunday's action. To start it out, the Bears just were all over the Lions, 34-22. Mitch Trubisky, 355 passing yards, three touchdowns. He's very looking very, very good. Yeah, we when the Bears traded up to pick him at number two last year, both you and I were a bit confused. We wondered, is this going to be really the guy? And he's kind of, he's shown it. And I had my doubts early in the season, can Mitch Trubisky really be that, that guy this season? And... We'll have to see what happens if they do get into a playoff game. First career playoff games for any quarterbacks are always jitters. But the way he's been playing right now is he's showing that he should be a guy. And the Bears are continuing to be a threat in that NFC North. And they've been a very exciting team. That defense, we continue to talk about it. But they're just incredible. They got Khalil Mack back, which is just incredible. There's a clip from that ESPN showed of him just barreling over two straight offensive linemen to get to Matthew Stafford for the sack. Just incredible, and the Bears continue to be a very dangerous team, and it's been a while since we've been able to say that. Yeah, um, Matt Nagy, what a coach, yeah. what you a guy. You say it all. You've said it a couple times. The Kansas City offensive coordinators get you give them a head coaching job, and they'll go far. Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy, two examples right away. And yeah, I think Matt Nagy has to be in the conversation for coach of the year. Absolutely. Um, next, the Saints go into Cincinnati all over the Bengals, 51-14. Remember when the Bengals, people like including me, were like, yo, they're like they're the best team in the AFC like North? Yeah, that's gone. That was about that, the bad. Yeah, that, that was not a great hot take. But Drew Brees, 265, three touchdowns, 22 of 25. Uh, Mark Ingram, 104 rushing yards on 13 carries. Michael Thomas, two touchdowns on 70 uh, receiving yards. Um, the Bengals aren't very good anymore, and the Saints are very, very good. Saints are the best team in football right yeah. now. And that win last week against the Rams was the example of that, which proved that they're in that conversation. Now they just come in, go on the road against a tough, pesky Cincinnati Bengals team, and just blow them out. Yeah, I, I can confidently say the Saints are the best team. Their defense continues to improve, and now they have that one-two punch in the backfield of... Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. And then a wide receiver, Michael Thomas, is incredible. And then they were supposed to get Des Bryant, and unfortunately he tore his Achilles. That's very unfortunate. It would have been fun to see him back, and now they're talking about bringing Brandon Marshall in. So we'll see what they do to get that number two receiver because they don't really have that in the passing game besides Michael Thomas unless you just dump it off Kamara, Kamara Ingram, which they've done Ingram, all yeah. season, which has worked so far. But they'll need that other big receiver for that, so maybe Brandon Marshall can be that for them. But... Saints are incredible. They're the best team in football. Bengals, we'll see if they can compete for a wild card spot. And oh, maybe good. Marvin Lewis's seat is getting a little warmer. Oh, it's absolutely getting warmer. Speaking of a warm seat, how about Dan Quinn? I've said this from week one. 
after, like, I looked like a fool thinking that Atlanta was legit and, like, this entire season has been a hogwash of things. I just made up a new word, in case you're wondering. Nope, I'm pretty sure that's a word. Is it really? I've heard, I've heard hogwash I have before. not. I just was, like, thinking of syllables in my head. So, uh, Matt Ryan, 38 of 52 for 330 yards and two touchdowns. And um, that's all that there was because, hey, Julio finally caught another touchdown two straight weeks. But that defense is bad. It yeah. is, like, really bad. Yeah, that's, it's been dealing with a lot of injuries, so that's why I can't put Quinn on the hot seat as much as you can. But this is a team that was on a three-game winning streak, and this is an impressive win for Cleveland. They'll be tough at home. Baker Mayfield looked really good today, 17-20, 216 yards and three touchdowns. Nick Chubb, since they traded Carlos Hyde, has taken that backfield and run, ran with it 176 yards and the ground with touchdown, including a 92-yard touchdown run, the longest play in Cleveland Browns history, the longest play in the NFL this season. Yep. The Browns are going to be a dangerous team at home. They're always going to be competitive, and they're fun again. That head coaching job it, it could be the most enticing head coaching job of any of them that will be fired at the end of the season if there are other openings, which I'm sure you and I have ideas yep. of other open jobs that can come out. But I think Cleveland, and it's weird saying this, that job may be the most enticing. Yeah. I'm just right now, as you're talking, I'm just scribbling down names. Yeah, just off are. the top of my head, just keeping me on it. Dan Quinn, I said. Jason Garrett yeah, with I'm, the Cowboys. I'm absolutely. Todd Bowles, I would throw down on that list. I would also possibly, so that's just there. Vance Joseph in Denver yeah, yep. is another team that stands, stands out for me. Even um, uh, in Miami, Adam yeah, Gates yeah. potentially. I also would, th- and you we you always tell me I'm wrong on this one, but I again if they don't end the right way, Seattle. I can't. They like Pete Carroll so much. I could see it, I guess, but I, to me, it's not as hot as you may think it is. I don't think his seat's that hot. You think it is, but I think it's, it's I, I just, on fire. I I can't see them really making a move from Pete Carroll right now. I just don't think this is the time, unless he was just ready to call it quits. I can't. I don't know he if they'll might. be a team to fire Pete Carroll. Maybe Jacksonville about Doug Marone and Jacksonville. I was thinking think. about that. Hey, Actually, they covered today, but on the spread. But they, but st- <coughs> they still lost the game and are now sitting three games behind Houston in the AFC South. Yeah. This, that's another. I think that if they don't make the playoffs, yeah. um, because they're not even hitting that, getting hit that bad, let's say, with the injury bug. Besides so, Leonard Fournette. Besides Fournette, but that defense is, should be what it is. Blake Bortles, again, if we're going to talk about our guy, he's back at it again. I, I was a little worried about our guy, Blake. I know you guys were as well. I know Callen was also on pins and needles about uh, our guy, Blake Bortles. Because, you know, Blake Bortles is one of us. You know, he really is. And when I mean one of us, he's just like your everyday guy. He's cool, calm, collected. He's somebody that you could easily sit down with. And just have a great time, right? When he's out of a job in a few years, that'll be a lot easier. Hey, he's not going to be out of a job. You know why? Because we like Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles threw for over 300 yards today on Indianapolis. Against the Indianapolis Colts, yes. one of the worst defenses in football. Absolutely, really? I, 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 I called the shot last week when they've been. Then they're getting dominated by halftime, so they had to throw the ball a lot. Really? I did call the. I did. I wow. call the shot. He threw for three hundred and twenty yards and two touchdowns. Well, Leonard, Leonard Fournette had fifty three rushing yards today on, and one touchdown. They stuffed the run up real well. But Blake Bortles, what a game! He is back. The 
I days just I was a little concerned about you, Blake Bortles, but you are back. You're throwing the football well. If that defense could actually do anything and not let Andrew Luck throw for 285 passing yards and three touchdowns, uh, it'd probably be a different game. Yeah, I just don't think Jacksonville's that good anymore. And I think yeah. that, that defense has gone completely downhill from one of the best in the league to middle of the pack at the very best way they're playing right now. And I don't think the Colts are that good. I think this is more of a they're trying to keep their season alive. And at 4-5 and five in that AFC South, it still is alive. And the Jaguars, you could say, is still alive a little right now, but they have to go on a really a hot streak to keep themselves alive. But a good win for the Colts at home continuing their season then Andrew Luck continues to look good and I think he's knocked out any doubt of him being back he's had a very good season mm-hmm. and yeah Jacksonville I, I'll continue to say this every show but Jacksonville continues to be in trouble yep yep a game that really got my attention and I'm, I, I'm trying to process it and I, I've spent most of today thinking about it and I, I don't know if you have any takeaways on this because I don't really understand it the uh Tennessee Titans won 34-10 over New England. New England went in and just did not look very good. Tom Brady, 21-41 for 254 passing yards. Sonny Michelle only had 31 rushing yards, leading rusher for New England. And Edelman had 104 yards, leading receiver for uh, New England as well. But Mariota, 16-24 for 228 passing yards, two touchdowns. Derrick Henry, 58 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Tennessee's one of these teams that I can't make out. Their defense continues to look good, and people were saying it's all due to schedule, and they have had a pretty easy schedule in terms of opponents and keeping them cl- score. But then you take on New England and only allow 10 points to them. I-, I can't figure out what to make of Tennessee this season. And right now they're 5-4, and four, only a game back in the AFC South. Marcus Mariota is starting to turn things around after that injury. He's getting Corey Davis involved. He had 125 yards and touchdown. This is one of those losses for New England that's just going to be a kick in the butt in them, and they'll turn it around. I believe they play the New York Jets next week. So that's a bye week pretty so much. So that's going to be, wow, Tom Brady's going to have his statement. Oh, got yeah. got the week before, so I'm going to go out and throw for four touchdowns and 400 yards. And <sighs> Rub it in I, is there any races. way that you can make the Jets look more silly than they did against Mark, Matt Barkley today? But I, he'll find a way. So I'm not as worried about New England. We know will it be at the end of the season. It'll be a first-round bye. Oh, the Jets, they don't that. play. Oh, he takes on. Sorry, I'll let you finish. Yeah, so I think I think <laughs> we know where the Patriots are going to be. And I think Tennessee continues to just be this weird, oddball team to keep an eye on. Their defense has performed really well this year. But I, it's one of those teams we don't know what to make out of. But give credit to Mike Vrabel. He's come in and done a very good job with Tennessee in his first year as head coach. Yeah, and especially Marcus Mariota struggling towards the end with uh, Malarkey last year. It's kind of just this. He knew that he had a young quarterback there. They had potential on defense. Um, But, yeah, and so so what you were saying about Brady, so, yeah, both the Jets and the uh, and New England both head into their bye week next week, and then coming out of the bye week, yep, New England travels to uh, MetLife Stadium to take on the Jets. Uh, and Tom Brady, I will take the over. I don't even care how many the what the over is on passing yards. I'm taking the over on the how many yards Brady will throw for. Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe bet for that. Like game. we could we could make a game of will he have more incompletions or more touchdowns? I'm sure yeah, it'll be it'll be close. He'll have a very just Brady dominant game, and 
we'll see what happens. But we can both agree that the Jets are going to look completely silly against the Patriots, and Brady's going to make them look like a college team on defense, frankly. So my question is, and you're a smart guy, so I want to hear this. If, in fact, right, the Jets decide, right, to not make the, a head coaching or any coaching change at all on this Jets team this week or next week, if the Jets get absolutely, truly embarrassed by Tom Brady, he throws for, let's say, 325 passing yards and is like 20 of 22, and throws like four touchdowns, does Todd Bowles get fired then? He should. Will he? We, we don't know. They gave him that extension before the season. I think that's kind of one of those. But didn't they do that with Jeff Fisher, remember? No, I, I don't think that's a, a lock, and de- uh, lock and key thing that they're not going to do it, but. Let's not forget what team we're talking about here. This is the New York Jets. They're known for kind of dumb decision-making from time to time in terms of coaching or firings. It would not shock me. I Personally, I think that going into the bye, let's give the new coach a week and let's get Todd Bowles out of here now. But I don't see it happening, but that's what I would do if I was in the Jets' shoes and making that decision, which unfortunately I'm not making, but oh well. But... If, we all we both agree Bulls should be fired, whether it be this week, next week, two weeks from now, ten, five weeks from now, and six weeks from now when the season's over. Whatever it is, Bulls should not be the coach for the New York yep. Jets when the season opens in 2019. Absolutely. Thank you, Count. I'm glad we can agree on something. Um, <laughs> next, we will get into is the uh, the Chiefs winning 26-14 over the Cardinals, Mahomes throws for two touchdowns. Uh, Josh Rosen, 22 of 39, 208 passing yards, a touchdown, two picks. Mahomes, 21 of 28, 249, two touchdowns. Uh, I'm glad because I this was a game going into the week. It was a plus 16.5 point line. I put this out there for anybody, and I was saying it to the Evans. That watch this line, and they covered. So I was a happy guy. One big takeaway, I mean, there's not too much takeaway from that. The Chiefs dominated the team they're supposed to dominate. Patrick Mahomes had another really good game and continues his quest for a possible MVP. Uh, that offense is one of the best in the league, and I am extremely looking forward to next week, next Monday night, when they take on the Rams on Monday Night Football, which is going to be a possible Super Bowl preview. One small thing to take away from David Johnson had a very good game, 98 yards touchdown. It was very involved in the passing game. Larry Fitzgerald moved into second place all time in terms of receiving yards in what is – likely going to be his final season in the NFL, so give props to Fitzgerald, one of the most fun receivers we've gotten a chance to watch, was incredible, and one of my big memories of him was Super Bowl forty three yeah. against the Steelers when he just went off, probably would have been the MVP of that Super Bowl if Santonio Holmes didn't make that incredible back of the end zone catch, but how come that's what I remember? Well, I'm a Steelers fan, but anyway, <laughs> uh, props to Larry Fitzgerald, just a consistent player, year in and year out. And now the second most receiving yards in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Always fun to watch. Cardinals aren't, but Fitzgerald and David Johnson are. And Rosen could be in a year or two. They made the right move for getting rid of their offensive coordinator. But Chiefs did what they're supposed to do. They sit at 9-1 and atop the AFC. Sitting pretty right now with going into that Monday night game. And that's going to be, if not the most exciting game of the season, one of it. It's going to be ton of fun two high super high profile offenses absolutely i agree with you on that one chiefs now nine and one 
they're just they're just cruising now. Next, um, the Washington Redskins go into Raymond James Stadium and defeat the Buccaneers sixteen to three. Fitzmagic threw for four hundred and six passing yards and two touchdowns, twenty nine of forty one. In two, the, two, two, interceptions. two interceptions. Two interceptions. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm reading a lot of things at once right now. My brain is on overload. We we know when you start reading stuff and have to use your brain from time Show. to time, it, it goes into overload. So yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, so yeah, 29 of 41, 406 passing yards and two interceptions. Got it right that time. Yes. Um, Fitzpatrick. It was very interesting. I was confident all week, and you heard me. This is the game easily. This was the easiest picks of the entire week, and I nailed that one. Yeah, the Buccaneers' defense is brutal, and any team facing against them is going to put up points, which is why shocking is only that the Redskins are able to put up sixteen. But their offensive line—they just signed yeah, dudes off the street. Line is true, sure. So you couldn't expect too much, but good win for the Redskins against a team they should beat. Going on the road, still sitting atop the NFC East. They're another team you don't entirely know what to make of them, but I think they're a good team. They're going to be very competitive in the East. And no possible wild card. But moving over to Tampa Bay is something I thought of. Three tur- turnovers from Fitzpatrick. They've had this revolving door of quarterbacks of him and Jameis Winston. I don't think they're going to go to Winston next week. I think they'll give Fitzpatrick another week just because I think truly they're done with Winston. But Jameis Winston will get another crack at that starting quarterback from with Tampa Bay. They have an option to make an option on his contract after the season, and they want to make 100% sure that they know what they're going to do. I'm pretty sure they know what they're going to do now. If you bench him for Ryan Fitzpatrick, you have to pre-sold that he's not the future. So, But I do think that the Buccaneers will make a quarterback change. If not, it won't be this week, but eventually they will put James Winston back under center because they're trending in a very wrong direction, and why not make changes? Make 100% sure this is what you want from this guy. Dirk Carter is a guy, uh, the head coach of yes. Tampa Bay, is on the hot seat. Absolutely. If he can't manage to get anything out of Jameis Winston and you're supposed to be an offensive-minded coach, you got to go. you got to find the door, and you got to figure out what you're doing because that's just completely unacceptable, and now they're sitting at 3-6. and six. So the next, speaking of a team that's not looking so hot, Oakland just lost again, 1-8. and eight. They lost 20-6 to six to the Chargers. Uh, Derek Carr passed for 243 yards, and it was a very boring game. If we can, if I can call it as it is, that was pretty boring. Chargers did what they're supposed to do against a very bad team. How John Gruden got 100 million dollars continues <laughs> to amaze me week after week. But the Chargers are continuing to show why they are becoming a threat in that AFC, and they've now won, I believe, it's six straight. Philip Rivers is playing at an MVP level. It wasn't his best game, 18-26, 223 yards, and two touchdowns and a pick. But Melvin Gordon had 93 yards on the ground and had 72 yards receiving. That defense continues to impress, and they will be getting Joey Boza back within the next few weeks. So the Chargers continue to show that they're going to be a, very, a dangerous team in the AFC. They're fun to watch. That offense is fl- clicking on all cylinders. And... I'd look out a little bit, Kansas City. You can't get too comfortable up there because the Chargers are coming for you. And yeah. you know what? I I obviously like Kansas City better, but would it shock me if in a few weeks San Diego, uh, Los Angeles is right on their tail continuing? No. I think I think at LA, the Chargers are well overrated. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's not even close. I think they are really bad. I like. I, I'm not saying they're really bad. I think they're overrated right now. I think they're a team that makes it to the playoffs first round and loses. That could. If you put them against a team like Houston, which probably yeah. right now they'd have to play an ASC South team, they can knock them out. I truly think that Los Angeles is a sneaky team, and they're getting more healthy, and they'll get Joey Boza back on that defense, and that yeah. defense has been playing really well. I I like the Chargers right now, and they've. I think Philip Rivers is playing MVP caliber football, and he should be in the conversation. Obviously, there's better candidates. Oh, yeah, there's he'll, like he'll be in the conversation with how he's playing, and he's looking like a younger version of himself. And Los Angeles, uh, it continues to impress me. Mm-hmm. But uh, then again, this is against Oakland. Yeah, Oakland remember, is, it is Oakland. Oakland's probably could very well the first round, first overall pick next year. Did you see one of, my, one of my favorite Gruden quotes so far this season? Last week, they said, quote, he said, you know, it's really hard to find like a really good pass rusher. I, I think there's a guy named Khalil Mack. <laughs> Someone on the Bears. You should check him out. See what, uh, see what he might like. <laughs> you know, maybe bring him into Oakland. I think he could maybe be a good fit for his team. Yeah, Gruden continues to amaze me week after week. I don't think we have to go too much further than that. You take a guy from the Monday Night Football booth. Who hasn't coached in ten years, and give him ten years for hundred million dollars? How else do you expect it to work out? And that's going to go down if as one of the worst spending of money that I've seen from any NFL team ever. That is a pretty Raidersy move because I was watching oh, something absolutely. last night about how they let Shanahan get away, and it was after like fourteen games they fired him, and how he then went to Denver and like never lost the Raiders. And oh. How- I- I do not expect any other team to make that boneheaded of a decision than Oakland. Oh, yeah. It's just an Oakland Raiders move, just in general. Um, Green Bay, now they're leveling the record. Thirty. Now they are uh, they won 31-12. to They're 4-4-1. Four, four, the, now the Dolphins are 5-5. Five, and five. Brock Osweiler uh, was the leading passer for the game with 213 yards and, touchdown, and an interception. I've messed this up then twice. Uh, and an interception. Aaron Rodgers was 19 of 28 for 199 passing yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the the big key from this game overall, the running game. Aaron Jones, 15 carries for 145 yards and two touchdowns. Had a big game. And I, I'm just, it's interesting to see. I, I still think Minnesota is the team to beat in that division. Oh, oh it's Minnesota or the Bears. Yeah, I think Minnesota and the Bears are both better than Green Bay right yeah. now. They did what they're supposed to do against Miami. Miami has to think about that quarterback change once Tannehill comes back and get Tannehill back behind center. I know he's yeah. not healthy right now, but once he is, I think that that little conversation that was happening in the background between Osweiler and Tannehill, that's over. But Green Bay looked good, and Aaron Jones took the hold of that running back job and should hold it for the rest of the season. Yeah. Frankly, he's been much better than Jamal Williams. But Green Bay has a high-profile offense, but has been battling injuries, and I'm not sure to make that defense. So I think that there are two better teams in that NFC North with Minnesota and Chicago, but they're at least keeping themselves around. And with Aaron Rodgers, anything can happen. He is one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the league right now. So anything can happen with them. I just think overall they're not as good as Chicago or Minnesota, but they'll keep themselves close and – would it shock me if they squeak in over one of them? No, not at all. Yeah. Um, as you mean, they have a tough road ahead, and I think Rodgers knows that, and he's doing all he can do right now. Does Mike McCarthy find I'm himself a, a bit on the hot I'll seat? Put him, I'm putting the name on there. So 
We got a lot of team. We got a lot of coaches on this list. Yeah, I think that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten coaches are on this list. And we know how it's going to end up. That's probably only going to be four, five. Hey, well, last year I called what all six of them. I was like bragging about it. I said it would be the most uh, head coaching changes in like NFL in like the last twenty years. And if you remember on uh, Black Monday, it was magical that I just was telling everybody how smart I was because I nailed it. Congrats. Thanks. Congrats. Well, Again, I just got to keep tooting my own horn here. Yeah, you, you do that quite I'm great, often. I'm show. great at it. Um, last One of the last games we'll get into, uh, the L.A. Rams, now 9-1, beat the Seahawks 36-31. Jared Goff, 28-39 of 39 for 318 passing yards, two touchdowns. Todd Gurley's unbelievable. Yeah, he's the best player in the Oh, my best God. Best running back by far. Yeah. 16 carries for 120 yards and a touchdown. And if I'm not, he had three receptions for 40 yards. Dude, it's just unreal. Yeah, he's so much fun to watch. That's LA Rams offense is so much fun to watch. Jared Goff has had a really good season, and Sean McVay's helped completely turn that offensive round. They have three wide receivers that can hurt you in any way Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup. But now Cooper Cup may be out for the season. And Sean McVay, his quote after the game with that knee injury was, it does not look good. So don't expect to see Cooper Cup probably the rest of the season, which is a shame because he's a fun player to watch. But the Rams offense, they've got so many players I could fill in that I, I, it won't be as big of a hit as other teams losing one of their top targets. So yeah, the Rams are insanely good, and they may not be the best team in their conference, which is kind of weird to think about when you got a 9-1 team and we're talking about teams that are better than them. But we keep pri- hyping this game up, but we got to keep doing it. Next week, Chiefs, Rams. That's going to be so much fun to watch. Two of the best offenses in football facing off. And Seattle's another team not entirely sure what to make of them. I think they can compete possibly for a wild card spot, but they've been very inconsistent this year, so do we know entirely what to make of them? No. But how about this? The Rams can clinch the NFC West next week. And hopefully, but if we record when we record the show, hopefully we don't know already because that just wouldn't be that exciting if we know already what's going to happen in the NFC West eleven weeks into the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I still think you mentioned that uh, only what it's Seattle has to lose. Seattle next, loses yeah. on Thursday night against the Packers, and the Rams beat the Chiefs on Monday night. The Rams already will have the NFC West locked up. Wow. That is uh, astonishing. That really, really this is. I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just shocked that this early, by week 11, they'll have it in the bag. Um, and then the last one we'll talk about, there's a Sunday night game going on uh, between Philly and with the Cowboys. And it's an inner division matchup. I don't think either team is that good. One of the teams are three and five currently. The other one's four and four. And at the half, the Cowboys are up six to three with 44 seconds left in the second quarter. Um, we're not going to really focus on that because I'm just not going to try to speculate something that I got no idea what's going to happen. So we're going to bounce off of that. And we will talk about the Monday night game, which the New York Giants. Do we really have to? Like, is there really yeah. too much to talk about this game? Yeah, but- bet the under. That's my big advice for anybody. The under is 46. 
Or no, 45. 45. We've been really bad with numbers today. I don't know why. Do, is it, oh, do we have to do a word of the day calendar? Or do we have to get like a number of the day? Like, Is that going to be a bigger test for you? Both. I was going to say, it's been a long day. I've been up at 6 in the morning. So uh, we had a race. So my brain's very, very fried. So, yeah. yeah. At game Monday night. Under. I'm telling you, it's the under. Yeah. Play. I agree with you, but it's going to be a horrible game. It's too... The Nick Mullins versus Eli Manning Bowl that everyone's been dying to wait for this whole season. But, uh, yeah, this is a battle for possible early first-round pick. Both teams will have a top-five pick probably. So we'll see what happens. But this has been – there's not too much to say about this other than two teams that had semi-high hopes for the year, and look where they are. Mm -hmm. So it would not shock me if they both have top-five picks. But we'll see what happens, and Giants fans keep watching because this could very well be Eli Manning's last year in New York. So that's something to just remind you of what to look out for of New York when they move on from Eli Manning after this year, of what he brought and what he how he deserves to go out. Mm-hmm. So I'll continue to back Eli as a starter for New York, even though he's been bad, just for a final send-off. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, just really quick, what we're going to get into is just very early uh, college basketball just got kicked off. And the, right now, the team that looks the best, and it's not even close, is Duke and Zion Williamson. I talked about I was in um, Raleigh-Durham over the uh, summer, and he was the talk of the area. But the dunking when he was in Canada, I was there for when that went on. Today, against Army, he had 27 points. He was 11 of 14. Crazy dunks. And he had 16 rebounds. He's just been electric. This Duke team is for real. I first I heard it and I thought it was a joke. And then in their opening night, they crushed number two Kentucky, 118 to 84. I I can't even think about it. like Williamson's had one of the best um, starts to a career. He had 28 points in his first game. R.J. Barrett, the other freshman, 33 points in his first game. And this is this is really, a, like, they're for real. And anybody that doesn't think that this is now the favorite to win come March needs to, like, get evaluated because clearly something's not right in their head. Let's just, I'm just going to tell you some, some stats so far real early on. So, uh, again, they got... They're full of freshmen and a couple of more experienced guys. I, again, I like R.J. Barrett. We talked about that. Um, they're just the team to beat. I, do you have any other thoughts other than that they're the team to beat or what's uh, stuck stud stood out? That's the word I'm looking for. Stood out the most for you so far this season. I think clearly the thing that stood out is, like you said, Duke and how incredible their team of mostly freshmen looks. And that's what makes me hesitant about them. They clearly are the favorite right now through two games, and you can never doubt a team coached by Mike Krzyzewski. He's one of the best, if not the best coach of all time in college basketball. But what's going to happen when we get to March, they're playing on the big stage, and they have completely, mostly inexperienced freshmen. That's what makes me slightly hesitant to call them the absolute no-doubt-about-it favorite. I think they've proven early on that they deserve to be in that conversation and be considered that. I won't deny that. 
I won't even try and make the argument against them. Kansas has looked good. I like Kansas right now. I like how Villanova's looked. I like how Gonzaga's looked. But I won't put them ahead of Duke. I think Duke deserves to be the number one team after a strong start of the season, especially how dominant they looked against Kentucky. But when we get to March, and this is way very much in the head, Zion Williams and R.J. Bear have been incredible early on in their career. But they're freshmen. What's going to happen when you put them on the big stage in March Madness later on in that tournament? That's what makes me somewhat hesitant. I'm, I'll still call them the favorite right now and say they are they deserve to be a number one team. But I'm not going to go crazy about this team and say it's one of the best teams we've seen in a oh, while. I, oh, I think so. Anything like that. Yet, it's two games in this year. You know, I'm a guy who likes to have a good sample size in. But I will say, it's been very impressive. They're talking to the NCAA, as they should be. But I'm not ready to do backflips over them, oh, which you don't want to see me do backflips. Oh, I, will break, I will break multiple bones easily. But Duke deserves to be the talk of the town, for, uh, absolutely. They deserve to be ranked number one in the next poll. Absolutely, completely agree with that. I'm not ready to say they're going to run through March and be that this amazing Cinderella story, kind of how great. They're a young team. Give me more of a sample size for them than two games in their career. It's been a great start, but what's going to happen when the lights come on in March? Will they be the same players? I can't say that yet for sure. They got a pretty easy schedule up until uh, January fifth when they take on number two, uh, twenty-two Clemson. And then they'll be taking on number seventeen uh, Florida State. Then they'll be taking on a number sixteen Syracuse, and then a number five West, uh, number five Virginia. And so they will definitely they're going to be playing Virginia twice. Then at the end uh, or the start of February, and then the heavily contested matchup. Circle this date on the calendar. February 20th, when they take on UNC. Yep, that's going to be exciting. It's three months ahead, so who knows what these They're number eight. They're, they're right now UNC's number eight. Yeah, they'll so. both be top, so you never know. You can't predict super far in the future, but those are always in tight, exciting games for sure, and I won't. Can't argue against that. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be all the time that we have here. I'd like, again, thanks, Cal, for coming on. It's always a pleasure, as you know. Yeah, it's always, of course, always a pleasure. It's, some, it's a lot of fun coming on, for sure, and doing this show. Electric Factory. I'm like a power grid of energy, even though I don't know how to read some of the time. You don't know how to read, spell, <laughs> pronounce. Like, what do you bring to the show? Um, there's, there's. You say you have a big brain. But. I do. I think it's. I think I bring a, the brain, and I think I bring the ideas, the creativity of nonsense. I think that's another <laughs> big strength. Again, how many people do you know would actually look up how to throw a parade in New York City? Yeah, I, I can't think there's too many, especially when they're singing their chemistry class. Yes, that was a very true story. <laughs> no. um, that's going to be all the time we have. Again, I am Callen. You're, you're Callen. Oh, I'm Joaquin. <laughs> I'm... Oh I, I think I'm, I'm just going to take over this part. You yeah, know what? You can, you can end this if you so, want. So I'm Callen. This is Josh. You know, <laughs> I, I know the names of the hosts of the show, although this guy clearly doesn't, but... In all seriousness, this is always always fun. It's always fun doing this show. We both can agree. It's some of the best. He's mentioned his electric factory. Pretty much is an electric factory. And we enjoy bringing you this podcast each week. We enjoy recording it. Always fun when I get to rip on this guy. But 
it's always exciting. We get some good t- conversation going, but usually Josh leaves you off with some advice here. So I, I'll try. You know what? Here, do you have any advice for our, our listeners before yeah, we go? Be better than the New York Jets. That just be be good this week. As long as you wake up, <laughs> make it into work on time, do an average part of your job, you're good. You're, be, you're golden. Be just very mediocre at your job, and that'll be better from them. And you'll be astronomically better than the New York Jets. Have a great week, guys, and thanks for listening to the SU Sports Podcast. You're listening to this edition of 88.9 The Pulse WQSU Sports Podcast.